Coming up. So if organisations have physical first aiders, then they should have mental health first aiders. And any mental health training that helps to support that will help organisations to thrive. COVID-19 has had a massive impact on our lives and likely our mental health too. Yet there's still a lot of stigma out there. So how can we help our own mental well-being, help others and make it okay to talk about it? Digital learning that's dramatically different. Welcome to this TED Learning Podcast. Hello, I'm Darren from TED Learning, and with me today is Anne-Marie Davis. Now, Anne-Marie, just tell us a bit about yourself. I help organisations with their people and their team development, and have been doing so for the last 12 years, with a real keen interest in the connections that we have within the workplace. So over the last few years, what I've noticed through conversations that I have with organisations, the people within them, is this piece around our mental health and the impact that that has on our ability to connect with others, to thrive, to do our best work. Became really interested in this area because actually a lot of the training and facilitation work that I do around leadership and service excellence, the skills that we learn as effective leaders and when we're delivering service excellence, those skills that we need to deploy are often very much dependent on whether or not we're in the right place mentally. Talk to me then about the impact that you think lockdown has had on our mental health. I've definitely heard people talking about their mental health more, being more aware of their mental health and the impact that their environment and the situation with COVID-19 has had on their mental health. So talking about it more... I see as a really uh, a positive thing. It's a great thing. You know, we all have mental health just as we all have physical health. Many people have been afforded the opportunity to connect and reconnect with important people in their lives. I know as a family, we've set up a, a WhatsApp group. We've been talking to family members that possibly it might have gone a couple of years before we spoke to them. Reconnecting, having the opportunity And for those of us maybe that have been furloughed, the opportunity and the time to do that as well. Someone once said to me, actually, going through lockdown is a bit like going through choppy waters. It's just that we're all on different boats. Just talk me through kind of the different kind of experiences from a house share to a family to someone living on their own. How have different people been affected by lockdown? We're all in different boats and some of us are in catamarans and maybe have enjoyed being furloughed and having 80% of our salary and reconnecting with friends and you know drinking gin in the garden or whatever it might be but sadly many people have experienced a huge increase in their anxiety levels perhaps experiencing what anxiety is like for the first time in their lives and being confused by that those kind of irrational thoughts and fears that we have and some of them very rational actually some people haven't had gardens to get out in to enjoy and have felt isolated perhaps with young children who aren't in school and sadly many people will have experienced trauma of having the illness themselves of knowing others or being worried about others getting COVID-19 some will have experienced bereavement uh, not being able to say goodbye to loved ones in a way that we're able to do in other times and some people I've spoken to in the last couple of weeks are desperately worried about ever having to go through anything like lockdown again 
because it's been so traumatic so worrying going into you know the winter months that there'll be a spike again and that might lead to another similar sort of lockdown and yeah you're right many different boats when you're working from home a you're forced to work from home when you need to be in the office and b you've got kind of you know little terrorists running around stealing your time just the change of routine you know and, and how that affects people just talk me through that yeah little children running around or people that we need to care for that need our support as well changing routine is for many of us having a routine 30 minutes before you start your working day or enjoying for some of us the commute into work you know some people hate it but some people really like that downtime that you have and all of that gets thrown out the window and suddenly we're having to create new routines and that can be difficult us fellas not very good are we about speaking around our mental health why do you think that men have a bigger problem with speaking about the mental health than women there is so much stigma still around being a male and being mentally ill parents will still say to children oh come on you need to man up you know phrases like that are still banded around and they're still used things like that can be quite damaging in terms of children especially boys growing up and I think that's at the heart of the problems that men face in terms of wanting to reach out and talk about how they're feeling knowing who to reach out to and share how they're feeling and what's going on for them there's been a tremendous amount done in terms of great campaigns with high profile celebrities that have really helped to improve things things like it's okay not to be okay encouraging men to be honest and open about their mental health it is okay to feel sad and it's good to talk about that so what can men do to help themselves females in our lifetime because of our biology we will see our gp much more within our lifetime than men will and we're used to bearing all physically and possibly emotionally as well and because men aren't necessarily afforded that opportunity they're not so used to thinking joe i am going to pick up the phone and i'm going to make an appointment with my gp but i think that's certainly something that would help reaching out and talking whether it's through counseling whether it's through talking therapies or whether it's just reaching out to somebody close to you that you know is that person that you can rely on to listen it doesn't need to be the person that you think is going to have all of the solutions and fix you that's much better to speak to that person who remembers that they've got two ears and one mouth and they use them in that order that's really key as well if you are you know wanting to reach out more you know what are the signs to look out for when someone's mental well-being is suffering that's really key isn't it that us you know men and, and women are aware of the the signs of what to spot that might mean that actually it's probably time i said to john let's have a chat how are you doing some of the things you can look out for are signs like men they might be drinking more maybe engaging in more risk-taking behavior than they would ordinarily looking out for that sort of stuff or just a general change in behavior where you think Do you know what I don't think he would have reacted in the same way as he did you know a few weeks or months or, or years ago somebody that talks about sleeping badly maybe seeing a change in how someone is looking after themselves as well if you notice anything like that it's about taking the time to just say it's it's not rocket science how are you doing but making sure that when we ask that question how are you doing that we're not asking it because we're expecting someone to say well i'm fine we're asking it with a real intention to have a conversation and so our tone of voice 
And our body language very much says, I care about you. How are you? Why is taking care of our mental health so important? What happens if we ignore our own mental health and just soldier on? If we're not aware of our mental health and the fact that it might be slipping, when we find ourselves sort of saying things to ourselves internally, like, oh, there's there's no point. Nobody ever listens to me. Why am I always the one that cocks up or whatever it might be? When we find ourselves sort of saying that sort of stuff on a regular basis, I think if we ignore that and we continue to have those unhelpful thoughts, that can take us to quite a difficult place in terms of our mental health. And that can be a sign that we're on the way to increased anxiety or might be experiencing depression. And it sounds really cheesy, but you know, when you get the Americans to go, yeah, I'm really great at this stuff and wake up in the morning and saying it, it sounds really, really odd. But actually, there's been research, hasn't there, that if you keep doing that and keep saying that nice stuff as a habit, that's actually really good for you. When we look after ourselves and we're kind to ourselves, it's seen as being selfish. But actually, it's so key that we do look after ourselves because, you know, if we do that, we're much more able to do the same for other people. You can't pour from an empty cup. And we often talk about the analogy we use in mental health training is around looking after ourselves. Put your own oxygen mask on first because you can't help the person next to you unless you've done that. So whether it is positive affirmations like the ones that you've just said or strategies that you can use when you find yourself maybe having what might be a bit of an irrational thought. Nobody ever listens to me. In that moment, actually being aware that that's not a helpful thought to have. Let's pick this apart a little bit now and think, actually, is there another way of looking at the situation that I find myself in right now? And if I was sat next to a friend right now and I told them that thought, what would they say to me? And the chances are they'd say, that's not true because I've listened to you on this occasion. You're really helpful with this and what have you. We often rely on other people to tell us that stuff. But how often do we actually have that conversation internally with ourselves to build resilience? So give me some tips on how we can look after our own mental well-being. So five ways to well-being. People may have heard of it before. So number one, be active. It is just about getting a little bit out of breath, whether it's 10 minutes with Joe Wicks being the one that volunteers to go walk the dog but just finding ways to be more active is uh, scientifically proven to support our mental well-being as well as our physical well-being learn new skills so when we are learning something we generally are improving our self-esteem we feel like we're contributing to something that's more kind of purposeful than just the day-to-day learning a new language or learning how to make candles it doesn't matter um learning something really helps to improve our mental health giving to others as well and this doesn't necessarily mean that you have to volunteer for a charity or i mean if you want to do that that's fantastic but giving to others just finding an opportunity in the day to make someone a cup of tea when maybe otherwise you would have hoped that they would have made it for you connect with others we've talked about that quite a bit already the importance of remaining connected to others and and if social media isn't working for you or you tend to find that when you're using social media it's impacting on your mental health in a less helpful way just remembering that 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 kind of face-to-face remembering social distancing and your masks and all of that sort of important stuff but you know seeing somebody in the flesh is is really helpful too and finally taking notice is just and you can do this when you're out walking the dog but just taking time to stop and listen more 
or observe things more. You might find that downloading an app helps with that. So there's lots of different apps out there. There's Headspace, there's Breathe, there's Calm. They can help us to just find some calm and find some peace and be a wee bit more present. Often when we're feeling anxious, we're worrying about things that might happen in the future or or possibly worrying about things that have happened in the past. And the more we're able to be present in the moment, the more helpful that is for our mental health. What advice would you give to companies around the steps they would take to support the mental well-being of their employees? It's in them recognising that we all have mental health, just as we all have physical health. So if organisations have physical first aiders, then they should have mental health first aiders as well. And that's a really positive first step towards reducing stigma and improving the language that we use and the dialogue that we have. I think in terms of managers specifically, they do, they have a real challenge and it's about honing their skills around their own relatability as well. And as managers, often we are expected and sometimes that expectation is when we put on ourselves as managers to always be thriving and to always be doing our best work. And again, it comes back to that. Am I applying my own oxygen mask as a manager? And how much is the organisation helping me and giving me opportunity to apply that oxygen mask so that I can be there and support the resilience and well-being of others? But being able to hone uh, their skills around their own relatability, how effectively they can use empathetic language and be non-judgmental when they're listening to those that may report to them as well, which is not easy for managers to be non-judgmental when as a manager, you're required to make decisions and be judgmental all of the time. For organisations to thrive in the short term and the long term, we need people who are resilient. They have got positive concrete strategies to cope when times get tough and any mental health training that helps to support that will help organizations to thrive as well thinking about how trainers and managers can help support their staff i mean at the end of the day we also need to help the trainers and managers don't we so what kind of training do they need to be able to understand mental health in the workplace so mental health first aid or mhfa is a training course which teaches people how to identify and how to understand and help someone that may be experiencing a mental health issue this can be delivered online there's also um, mental health awareness training as well which all employees should go through and experience mental health awareness again to help to reduce the stigma around mental ill health but to help support people in terms of understanding their own mental health and the things that impact it and giving them coping strategies um, for how they can improve their resilience when times get tough but also mental health awareness courses will give insight around how we might approach somebody who we feel might just need a 10 minute chat so we call it taking time out for 10 minutes with somebody and knowing the sorts of questions that you can ask and how to approach that in a way that encourages that person to share what they're comfortable sharing that's really really helpful thank you so Anne-Marie Davis from Into Learning and Development thank you very much oh you're welcome and thank you for listening to this TED Learning Podcast and for more of our podcasts you can visit our website at podcast.tedlearning.co.uk and you can also find us on most podcast platforms mm-hmm.